Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about some top tips to beat the heat next time you're at the parks. Uh, And most of the tips are going to be geared towards Disney World, but that doesn't mean you can't use some of these at Disneyland as well if you want to. Or the international parks. That's true. I will say top tip number one, just don't go when it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Just avoid the summer, especially Walt Disney World. Avoid the summer. It's very, very hot. And crowded. And crowded. And while the tips help, and while there are some things you can do to beat the heat a little bit, it is very hard to beat that humidity. Yeah. But I know a lot of people go in the summer, you know, summer vacation. It's a good time to go. So that's not really a a viable option all the time. Uh, But yes, it it is very hot uh, no matter what you do uh, during the summer, especially down at Walt Disney World. But before we get into our real tips to help you out. I'm going to talk about Disney news of this week. So Lightyear came out last weekend. We didn't get to talk about it last weekend because we recorded before uh, the weekend was up, but it debuted in actually second place. So it kind of underperformed. It got beat out by the most recent Jurassic World movie. It only made $50 million. So it doesn't seem to be doing super well at the box office, which uh, is kind of surprising. I think Disney was hoping this would do well because this is the first Pixar movie in two years that they've released in theaters. I think that may be what's hurting them. Maybe that backfired on them a bit by releasing all of these major Pixar movies on Disney Plus for free. People just got used to, hey, it's a big movie. It's going to be on Disney Plus. People really didn't see the need to go out to theaters. So I think that's maybe backfiring a little bit with them. I am kind of surprised that this is, you know, underperforming. And and I worry that this is going to now make Disney a bit gun shy to release anything animated in theaters yeah and you know i was already kind of thinking about this of you know back in the day there used to be a lot more movies would come out studios would try different things there would be you know pretty significant flops out there like the lone ranger um you know comes to mind uh john carter like there's a lot of movies that had a lot of hype didn't do well and i feel like studios aren't going to try as hard anymore like they're only going to put out these like known properties like marvel movies or jurassic world movies because they're putting so much on streaming that they don't want that negative publicity of a movie flopping like this and i think having lightyear come out there with such hype not doing well you know now may make disney think twice about releasing any pixar movies in theaters yeah i mean i think that we're gonna see an interesting thing happen where you know, you get these corporate monsters like Disney, and then it's going to be because they want that the hits all the time, it is going to open up the gates for other animation studios and just things in general, because they will be willing to take the risks with the, and have creativity. And you can see this kind of Netflix has this going. I know that former Disney animators kind of have like little animation companies that are they're kind of like working on things. So I am curious if this isn't something that we're going to start seeing more of and there's going to be another kind of giant coming out. Well, that's what I don't think so. I think, again, that's the whole point. I don't think that there's going to be other studios that are going to try this. I think unless it's a known property, like Despicable Me is coming out, you know, I think that will probably do well for Illumination. But, you know, if they come up with a new property, it's probably just as likely to go to some streaming service. I mean, you mentioned Netflix. They're making animation for Netflix, not for movie theaters. And I do think it's going to limit kind of creativity Uh, and what we see new in the box office i think disney's that's what you're saying i think disney's newest uh, movie coming out in november the the strange worlds their next animated feature 
I would be really surprised if it comes out in theaters after what Lightyear did with a yeah. brand new property. I think that's probably coming out in Disney+. Plus. I think this is, sadly, you're going to see, at least for a while, not a lot of original movies coming out in theaters because it's so risky uh, to do so. Yeah, I agree. And it, I mean, part of the reason for this, though, is it almost is like people, people used to take the word for it, like, oh, this is Disney, it will automatically be good. And they'd leave their house for it. But now people, I think, are so reticent to leave their house. They're just like, I'll wait for it to come to Disney Plus, no big deal. Especially with that new movie that's coming out. We don't, I mean, none of the movies that they release, their trailers give away nothing. You don't know what the plot is going to be. But that one looks so bizarre. And I think it's going to be great. But again, people don't know what it's about. They don't know whether they want to buy in because it's just so weird. So yeah, I think that that's going to be the last of kind of a a little bit of a dying breed for a while. And and I think Lightyear, I mean, it was a good movie. We went to see it opening weekend. I mean, it definitely wasn't a bad movie. And I think it could potentially take off on Disney Plus in the same way Encanto did. Encanto didn't do that well in the theaters. But as soon as it went to Disney Plus for free, that's when we don't talk about Bruno. That's when all the songs blew up. I really liked that hit song from Buzz Lightyear. I'm not. I'm not saying it, there's no songs in Buzz Real Lightyear. TikTok sensation there. But, but I think I think people will enjoy it, and I think people yeah are getting used to it's free on Disney Plus, and I think you see that with Encanto. It came out in theaters, it didn't do well. It went on Disney Plus, and it's just exploded. And so I think if Lightyear does well once it's on Disney Plus, I think that's another data point for Disney that well people just want to see it on Disney Plus. They don't want to see it in theaters. It's not that people don't want these movies. It's not that people don't like these movies. It's just, this is where they are now. They're at home, they're streaming, they're not out in theater. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this you know, shapes the marketplace. And it will be interesting to see how the Minions sequel, I think I called it Despicable Me earlier, but the Minions uh, sequel that's coming out, how that does. Because if that does really well in theaters, yeah. you know, those movies have not been going straight to streaming. They've been coming out theatrically. You know, That's a data point too of Disney can't say, well, people aren't just coming to see animated movies anymore. It's, well... No, they are. They're just not coming to see yours because now you have them trained to see them in a different arena versus in a theater. So, And speaking of Minions uh, and Universal, Universal announced that they are opening escape rooms at Universal Studios in Florida. They're going to have two escape rooms, one based on uh, Jurassic World, one based on Back to the Future. So I think this is really interesting that they're doing this. It's, it's kind of a, a new idea. Escape rooms have been around for a while, but this is the first we've seen it in a theme park. And my question to you, Angela, is you know which Disney properties do you think would make a good escape room? Because I guarantee the fact that Universal has these, Disney's looking at it and seeing if this does well, it's an easy thing to add. They got a lot of space over at Disney Springs where the old NBA experience was. Mm-hmm. And they got a you know nice big building that they could easily convert into a few escape rooms uh, if this does well. So what do you think would be some good Disney properties? Well, I think that, you know, like a haunted mansion one I would be, I think that some of your, your older IP that maybe even doesn't have a movie, although I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean, which does, but they create something around the They're ride. Haunted mansion movie. Yeah. And then haunted mansion, I think would be right for the picking. Um, even jungle cruise dealing with sea, I'm sure that you could create a really cool, immersive escape room with those. Well, I think C in general. I mean, I think you could make an escape room that builds on the lore of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And so to your point, they have connections to the Jungle Cruise. They have connections to a lot of attractions in Disney parks around the world. But you could you could make an escape room just around 
that and just digging into the lore of that. And I think that's something that, you know, isn't an existing property necessarily per se in the parks or in movies, but that a lot of diehard fans would really enjoy. I think Haunted Mansion's a good one. You know, I, I think Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean are all good ones. I think you could very easily have ones around Pixar properties. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they had that VR experience around Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, I think, which was really good. But I think, you know, Wreck-It Ralph, especially around Wreck-It Ralph 2 and Escape Room, you're in the internet and you're going mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. you know, different properties in the internet. So I think, you know, Disney has a lot of room for this and, and they do have a lot of space in Disney Springs with that building sitting vacant. So I think living with the land would make a great escape room. I, you don't want to escape living with the land. That would be a terrible <laughs> escape room because you just want to stay there. You, you don't want to escape. But I think this is interesting that, that Universal is jumping into Star this. Star Wars, though. Yeah, Star Wars would be good. I, I think any of those properties, um, you could do Marvel. But I think it's interesting that Universal is doing this. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a couple you know, great properties for them to start with. Um, something next time we go down, we'd like to try you know, one of these, yes. it sounds like a lot of fun. And so I imagine it's going to do well. And I imagine it's only a matter of when and not if Disney kind of copies this and makes their yeah. own. Um, so that's what, you know, kind of want to throw around some ideas uh, of what we think would be good. Last piece of news, it's halfway to the holidays. So Disney announced all of their holiday offerings uh, this week. So they did announce that the Very Merry Christmas Party is returning this year. So we're getting the full Christmas party. Kind of everything's back. It's going to run select nights from November 8th to December 22nd. Uh, The prices for adults are going to be between $149 and $199, which is actually down from last year when it wasn't the full Christmas party. Um, it was one hundred and sixty nine to two hundred and forty nine dollars last say, year. I thought that it was in the two hundreds last year. Yeah, and and so I think there's probably a couple reasons for that. My thought is one, they didn't sell out at those higher price points, so mm-hmm. they dropped it back down. I think the other thing potentially is, you know, last year was still, you know, dealing with COVID, the, the park capacity was lower, so they probably had less people. They probably sold less tickets to this event. So if you want to make a million dollars and obviously they're making more than a million dollars but if you want to make a million dollars a night and you have 25% less people you just up the price 25% and you still yeah. make the same amount of money so i imagine they're going to be selling more tickets this year and that's what's driving the price down a bit uh, but tickets go on sale if people are interested uh, june 30th if you're a hotel guest or july 7th for everyone else they did announce there's going to be more holiday overlays this year which is exciting so space mountains getting a holiday overlay also tomorrowland speedway Monsters, Inc., Laugh Floor, and the Mad Tea Party. And those are only going to be available during the holiday party. The Jingle Cruise will be available all day. Uh, And over at Epcot, so not related to the holiday party, they announced that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind will actually be getting a holiday overlay with holiday songs as well. So we talked about this last week on how to fix Disney World of trying to make it more like Disneyland and more overlays. And so That's true. This is just for the holiday party, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is not just for the holiday party. That's going to be uh, an overlay that they're doing the whole time. So it, it seems like maybe they listened and they turned this around that fast. Yeah, but but it, it, this is exciting that, that we are getting more of these overlays. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see them do different overlays. Uh, I can't wait to see it in person. I don't know when I'm going to get down there to do it because it's kind of falling in between a couple of trips that we have. Um, but hey, that means we're going to have to go back. Yeah, I think the the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is the one that's most interesting because again, it's not holiday party specific. You know, Guardians is a new ride, and the fact that they're already going to do a holiday overlay, 
I think shows that it's very easy for them to change those songs out, which obviously it is. I mean, it's just, it's changing the song out. I think there's probably going to be minor changes otherwise, but I think that is a good opportunity that they can do that all the time. I mean, right. they, maybe they do uh, a Halloween themed one some year, you know, maybe they just change the song. So they have six songs now, maybe in a couple years they change what six songs they have. So yep. I, I think that's, that's the most encouraging one. The fact that, they kind of built that, and they have the ability to change that uh, very easily. And maybe they maybe they do have some of the uh, you know video screens changed as well because they are doing a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is going to be coming out on Disney Plus. I believe that's next year, and so maybe they film some things for the attraction. Ah, that uh, that's smart. That yeah. they will have it will be more than just songs changes on there. That they'll actually have some kind of holidays weaved in there. All right, so let's get jump into our, our main segment. Uh, again, in Walt Disney World, it is very hot all the time, yes. especially now. So if you're planning to go in the summer, if you're going down shortly, there is going to be very hot, very humid. And so we want to talk about some of our tips, ways we like to try to beat the heat when we're down at Disney World. Again, not all of these, but some of these could be applied to Disneyland or the international parks as well. All right, so our first tip is is to head to the water parks. And this is specifically around Walt Disney World. So they have two water parks there, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. And I feel like a lot of people, when they go to Disney, they may not be aware that there's water parks there. Um, they may not be aware that there's two water parks. I feel like a lot of people don't take advantage of the water parks, especially in the summer. And they feel like if they're not going to one of the four main theme parks, it's kind of a waste of time. But Disney has extremely themed water parks as well, just like their main park. So going to the water parks in no way, you shouldn't view that as kind of like a step back or a letdown, especially when it's hot there. They have a lot of great attractions. They actually have in Typhoon Lagoon, like water roller coasters, which are a lot of fun. They have an awesome wave pool there. If you're interested, you can actually sign up for surfing lessons at Typhoon Lagoon uh, before the park opens. So it's, it's an early day. But it's a great way to start your day if you want to try to learn to surf in, in a controlled environment. Uh, and, and you can kind of, again, try to beat the heat and stay cool and then you know maybe stay at the water park afterwards. Um, but they're definitely a lot of fun and they're definitely a great way, especially if it's uh, really hot out there, to go just kind of relax, float in the lazy river and have fun on some of the slides. Yeah, I really particularly like the slide where it looks like you're going to go over a ski jump, but you actually end up going down. Um, you know, it just kind of reminds me of Expedition Everest and that is you know, a kind of fun, playful, unique thing to, I think that was, is that one in Blizzard Beach? That's a Blizzard Beach. Yeah. It's, yeah, like it's, a, it's a speed slide and that, I mean, it goes fast. I mean, that's, really, that's really the fast. tallest one there. Uh, but yeah, that is pretty cool how they have kind of that fake ramp. looks like you may you know, be flying off the ski jump there. Yeah. Uh, kind of related to this, a, another way for you to beat the heat is just to take a pool day or I'm going to kind of combine this with our next one um, to utilize early mornings and late nights. So Obviously, in the middle of the day, it's the hottest point of the day. So if you get up and get to the parks early, first of all, a lot of people aren't there. So you can, we always say this, you can get more done earlier in the morning and hit a lot of the rides that you want to hit and you don't have to wait in the lines that you would have to wait in later in the day. Same thing happens if you stay really late. A lot of times people filter out of the parks and you can ride more, um, particularly if you don't watch the shows. If you're in one of the parks that has shows, if you go and ride while the shows are going on, people are oftentimes drawn to the shows so you can get right a lot of riding done. And then of course, in those early and late hours, it is cooler. Now, the reason why I say you can combine that with the pool day is you get up early, 
you go to the parks. Once it starts to get crowded, you say, hey, I'm going back to the hotel. You go sit in the pool, relax, put on some sunscreen, enjoy yourself, cool off, stay nice and relaxed. And then whenever it starts to get a little bit cooler and it starts to kind of get towards night, then you can get ready and go back out to the parks. So that would be a kind of a nice way of spending your day and staying a little bit cooler. Yeah. And that's a a great tip too, because like you mentioned, it gets more crowded in the middle of the day as well. Mm -hmm. So kind of stepping out for a few hours, not only are you cooling off and not kind of baking in the sun all day, but you are avoiding a lot of crowds. So You know, you may think, well, I need to be there. I can't miss out on those two or three hours, but you probably aren't going to be able to ride as much in those two or three hours because it's so crowded as if you went earlier or later. Because as you mentioned, the crowds are going to be less. You could probably get more done in two hours at the end of the day. Yep. I was going to say, if you, you know, change your mindset and say, I rode six rides in the beginning of the day when it would have taken me three or four hours to get ride three of them in the middle of the day, you know, you're not really missing out. You just, redistributed your time and kind of gained some because you kind of planned out your day in a smart way. Yeah. And, and to kind of stack on top of this, uh, and I think my mind's here because I was just, I just read the book Atomic Habits and it's all about stacking your habits to kind of compound the, uh, the impact of them. Good book if anybody wants to read it, but, but kind of stacking this up. So you take a pool day, you take early morning, late nights, you take a pool day, kind of stacking it up. I would recommend if you're going to do this and you're going in the summer and, and you're kind of planning this, stay at a deluxe resort if you can yeah. afford it. And there's a couple reasons why you want to stay at a deluxe resort. So one is they have much better pools. They have a lot nicer pools. So if you stay at the Polynesian or you stay at uh, especially Beach and Yacht Club has a great pool. They tend to have multiple pools at the resorts. They tend to have nicer pools at the resorts, especially you know for kids or if you just if you don't have kids and you want to relax, there's multiple pools. So you can kind of maybe go to the pool that's a little bit more quiet that doesn't have the kids there. So they have better pool options. But the other thing is, because what Disney's been doing is if you stay at a deluxe resort, they have extra evening magic hours for deluxe resort guests only. Yeah. So that kind of ties in. And again, it's, it's stacking everything together to kind of make the perfect day of you can actually stay later. So if you want to do early morning, you can take advantage of the 30-minute early morning access. You can come back for a couple hours to go to the pool. Again, have a nicer pool, have a nicer experience. And then you can go to a park and stay two hours later than everybody else, which is going to be even less crowds than it will be You know, normally just at night. Like you said, if you, if you ride during the nighttime shows, there's going to be less crowds. But if you're staying there as just one of the deluxe guests as extra evening magic hours, that's going to, again, be a lot cooler. And you're going to be able to ride a lot more in those two hours at the end of the night versus the the, the middle of the day. So I, I would definitely would stack all of those together if you definitely can, because I think it's going to be a much better experience, especially if you're going when it's extremely hot during the summer. Yeah. And an extra fun little tip, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. If you're DVC, you have access to like all oh, of pull the pools. Hop. Yes. Yeah, you can pull hop if you're DVC as well. And if you're DVC, you're kind of staying at deluxe resorts. Uh, as well anyways and yeah that's actually nice because you could just go to whatever pool is closest to the theme park you're at you don't necessarily have to go back to your hotel Um, you could just go back to you know if it's a magic kingdom you can go to one of the resorts there even if you're not staying at one of those because yeah as as a dvc member you're able to pool hop and one final thing about that too is if you can't afford to stay at a deluxe hotel art of animation has the blue pool which again plays music underwater which is really cool it's a big beautiful pool so if you're thinking oh man i can't do that that is a really cool pool 
um, if you're kind of looking at the different resorts and thinking which one do you want to stay in, um, that's one of the better. I like that's definitely one of the best uh, value hotels. Yeah, definitely. Art of Animation is good. Again, you just kind of lose out on the extra evening magic hours, but again, that's not a, a huge deal. Like you said, if you can't afford the deluxe, Art of Animation uh, is definitely our favorite one to stay at. Yeah, right we've there. stayed there more than anywhere else. Yeah, they have a great pool there. So uh, the next tip is to look for rides that have uh, indoor queues or are inside queues in the shade. So obviously like the boat rides are great for this because they're typically all indoors. They're cooler. It's water. You don't get wet necessarily, um, but they tend to be inside. So something like Pirates of the Caribbean, It's a Small World, attractions like that. Other ones that have like indoor queues or queues that are, are pretty well shaded. So in Magic Kingdom, uh, Peter Pan, that queue, and you're in that queue for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be waiting there for a while, but... Unless you utilize those early morning magic hours. Right. But again, but it's in the shade. So if you're trying right. to kind of avoid it, it may be nice to stand in the shade for a while. Uh, it's a small world already mentioned. A Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mickey's Philhar Magic is a good one because you get to sit down. Yep. It's an air conditioning. That's a really great That's way. That's a great one for when you get tired. Yeah, to, to beat the heat. Uh, over in Epcot, some good ones are uh, Test Track, Soarin', Living with the Land. Those are all inside the queues are inside the attractions are inside so those are all great options uh over at hollywood studios mickey minnie's runaway railway tower of terror is actually really well shaded that mm -hmm. queue so even though it's outside it's very well shaded and there are fans too um smugglers run is a good one depending on Where how long the queue is yep. yeah because if it gets really backed up it, it is outside but a good portion of that queue is inside so that's a good one and rise of the resistance too a good portion of that queue is inside as well but that's kind of difficult to get unless you have a lightning lane or something yeah so that's not maybe a, a good option for everyone uh, and then animal kingdom has a lot of great options a lot of their queues are, are shaded or indoors so like navi river journey that's completely in the shade that attraction is indoors again that's another boat ride Kilimanjaro Safaris is is very well shaded. That's a great one we talked about if it's raining mm -hmm. to wait in line there because that's undercover. A lot of it's undercover. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dinosaur, that's in the shade uh, or inside. And Flight of Passage, some of that queue is outside, but there's fans in the outdoor portion and it's pretty mm -hmm. well shaded. But You have the mountains, the floating mountains that kind of sh like cast a little bit of a shade. Yeah. And, but a lot of that is indoors. Uh, and so that's it's cooler uh, as well. Since we are kind of just talking about Animal Kingdom, another one of our tips is go to Animal Kingdom. Actually, we just did two episodes ago, an episode called 10 Things We Love About Animal Kingdom. And that was one of our things is that it is the coolest, shadiest park. So, you know, if you're looking for a place to go where you're not going to mostly be sitting in the sun, unless you're sitting at Kite Tails watching the show all day, um, you know, that part is fully in the sun you're going to be able to find a good bit of shade and keep yourself a lot cooler. Yeah, Animal Kingdom is definitely the best park for shading. And it, like we mentioned, most of the attractions there, the queues are shaded, the attractions are indoors. They also have the bird show, which is you can sit down, it's undercover. It's tough to be a bug, which is a theater show. So that's actually indoors and air conditioned. So there are a lot of great options. And just with all the plant life and everything. Right. I mean, it, they want to make it in general, like it's like the actual wild. So it makes sense that that would be the one with the most lush greenery and protect you from the sun the most. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you are someone that, okay, maybe you don't want to do a pool day, maybe you want to you know stay out the whole day, you know, definitely animal kingdom in the middle of the day is a good idea. Like I wouldn't want to be in Epcot no. in the hottest part of the day because Epcot has very little shade. It's basically concrete Magic everywhere. Too. And especially and maybe once they get, 
kind of that middle part of Epcot done, it looks like they're going to put a lot of trees in there. Yeah. So maybe that will have some shade. But for the you know right now, it's just it's concrete everywhere uh, and it's very hot in Epcot. You're you're right. I mean, Magic Kingdom just with the crowds and everything, uh, you know, make it warm as well. And our last tip to beat the heat is to book some sit-down restaurants for lunch. So you can go for breakfast or dinner, but it's starting to cool off or, or it's already cool at that point in time. So right in the heat of the relatively day. Relatively cool. I yes, will say, yes, I mean, yes, Florida cool is still, yes, it's still, it's still, still pretty, pretty warm. But, but yeah. yeah, in the middle of the day where the sun is at its, its highest, where you know, you're going risk, to at risk for the most sunburn and things like that. That would be the best time. And I, I mean, particularly if you can make it a late lunch and push it towards like one, two o'clock, because that, that t- tends to, again, be the hottest part. That would be really fantastic because then you get a break, you get to sit, you get to cool down, you get water. Because again, you know, in those parks, it's so easy to kind of forget to hydrate and you start to get cranky and you don't know why you're snapping or why you're you know falling asleep. And part of that is, of course, usually... Even if you're trying to drink, even if you bring your own water bottle, a lot of times it's not as cold of a water as maybe you would like. So you sit down, you get some ice cubes, you, you maybe suck on those, chew on them, whatever you like to do with the ice cubes and drink a lot of water. I definitely agree. Sit down restaurants are a great way to beat the heat because you you know you could do quick service, but they tend to be outdoors. You're sitting outside. There's a lot of people there. So if you are trying to cool off, it's definitely a good option to find a sit down place. Yes. Because like you said, it, it's inside. Obviously stopping to eat, like you mentioned, just getting some water is obviously good to kind of cool off. Yeah. Um, but to kind of take it a step up, you can't really go wrong with any of the sit down restaurants because at least they're going to be indoors. Maybe you can go wrong with, you know, like the food. But that's yeah. that's another show of whether you like the food or not. Um, we actually did a show a few months ago about what are some of the best food options yes. in all the parks. So you can check that out if you want to at least make sure you pick a good one because there are some bad ones <laughs> in the park. So make sure you pick a good one. Um, you can check that episode out uh, a few months ago uh, as well. But yeah, but you're, you're not really going to go wrong from a cooling off perspective. And, and you mentioned, you know, drinking water and obviously there's some I think obvious ones and you know we didn't mention them we kind of wanted to make it a little bit more specific to Disney but obviously stay hydrated yeah. wear sunscreen you know try to stay cool bring a refillable water bottle is a great option because you can just kind of keep that full you know and drink I see a lot of people with like those personal fans you put on your like shoulders now so you don't have to like hold them and miss yourself they just sit on your shoulders and are constantly you know kind of keeping you cool so you know obviously you know do those things as well first that's kind of like the baseline but then these are just some uh, you know a little bit more expert tips to go off of that. And also, I mean, buy yourself a Mickey bar. Treat yourself because nice. You can never yeah, eat too many Mickey bars. You can bars. never have too many Mickey bars. You're walking around a lot. You know, get treat yourself to a Mickey bar, and it'll it'll cool you down. I love this idea because if you're going and, and your family's like, "Isn't this like the seventh Mickey bar you've had today?" You go, <laughs> "I'm just trying to keep cool." Yeah. Mickey bars are hydration. Mickey bars are hydrating me and cooling me off. I have to do this. Enchant Angela and Joe. We're not doctors, but Angela and Joe <laughs> prescribed me we, Mickey bars. We we know doctors. Does that I mean does that give us some sort of qualification? Not at all. But still, <laughs> they prescribe me Mickey bars, so I have to eat Mickey bars. So yeah. So next time you go and you eat six Mickey bars or seven Mickey bars in a day, just say I was trying to keep cool. That's all it was. I, I want to make a shirt that says "Fueled by Mickey Bars." I think that's a great one, and I think the fact that you said it now, uh, somebody else has probably already made it, and we lost out. So next time you have great ideas like that, keep them to yourself and we'll talk about it after. So, But those are our, our top tips for 
how to beat the heat the next time you're at Disney. Uh, we'd love to hear if if you have a tip that we didn't mention. Like when you go and it's really hot, what do you do to try to stay cool? What's your favorite tip to do? Uh, head over to our Facebook page, Enchanted Ears. Let us know over there or let us know on our website, EnchantedEars.com. We always love hearing from our listeners and we'd love to hear your tips. I want to thank everybody again for listening this week. If you've not done so, please subscribe, leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.